0: You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Highland was founded in 1923. 43 original charter members thought it might be a good idea to plant a church right here at 30th and Maple, an idea that seems like God has, has certainly blessed a look at the picture on the screen behind me. You see a couple of things that were happening back in 1923. There were some interesting days. Uh, freezers were kind of introduced, or at least they began to grow in popularity because it was in 1922 that Clarence Birdseye uh, founded, discovered, made for the first time TV frozen dinners, right? And we've all been a little overweight ever since. And so that he made that in 22, And in the freezers, I just want you to look at how many things that lady has in, in the freezer. That is absolutely, I've never seen a freezer so packed before. Her grandkids would actually become the ones that took all the toilet paper three years ago. And so this, she kind of just passed the uh, the hoarding on along. And so we, US life expectancy in 1923, 58 years for, for women, 56 years for men, which means I would have had 24 months to go if I lived back in 1923, I, I'd almost be there. And also in 1923, a uh, Spanish engineer, developed the first helicopter and had the first helicopter flight, um, you couldn't pay me enough money to get on that thing. It, it does not look that, that safe. That was what was happening in, in 1923. But what was happening here in Waco in 1923 was that those 43 charter members said, so let's plant a church here. And they called the founding pastor, our founding pastor, a guy by the name of R.E. Smith. And he actually came at age 57. If you remember the life expectancy, he was already 12 months in the gravy at that point. Like he was already living this incredible life at 57 and would stay for 17 years until he was 74 years old uh, here at Highland, the very first pastor. Retired, I think died six or seven months later, but a, a faithful man. And so as we remember a centennial, remember that the the, the joy of the faithfulness of God toward us and that the joy of the Lord is our strength and has been the strength for Highland, today we we remember again that that God's faithfulness to us has been great. So what I've been doing the last three weeks is going back and preaching some of R.E. Smith's sermons from the 1920s. And today I'm gonna preach the sermon that R.E. Smith preached in 1933 on the 10-year anniversary of, of Highland and he preached a sermon that he entitled, After 10 Years, What? The great thing about that is you and I are the what. Like we are the, the, the legacy, if you will, of Ari of e. Smith's desire to, to be a faithful pastor and for 43 people to plant a church here on this site. And so 90 years later, after he preached that message, here we are. Thriving, growing, sending people out on, on mission. We're baptizing people today. Sorry, 840 and 1120, we're baptizing people today. And God has done something here. So the, the question that, that R.E. Smith asked in 1933 on the 10-year anniversary of a very young church called Highland, after 10 years, what? If you'll look around you today, this is... This is the what. You are the what. If you copy of God's word, would you go with me please to the 10th book of the New Testament, Ephesians. So Ephesians chapter three is where we're gonna be together today, so if you'll go to Ephesians chapter three with me please, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, first and second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter three together. If you forgot your copy of God's word, I'm certain someone nice to you'll be very glad to share. You can go to your smart device, your phone, Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. This is Paul, inspired by the Spirit, writing to the church at Ephesus. But I want you to know, I want you to understand, even want you to believe that this is just like as the Spirit of God would would speak to us today, to the church of Highlands. We're in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to pick it up in in verse 4. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. Paul says, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations, as it has been revealed now to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Stop right there. In other words, the church is open for all who believe in Christ. The mystery is no longer mysterious. Jews and Gentiles and Greeks and Wacoans and and black and brown and white can be, verse six, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. There's no filter, there's no stop sign. There's no select few. It's not entered through the back door. The church is open for all who will repent of sin, believe on Christ, and step into the glorious gospel of the Son, Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 3. Pick it up in verse 7. And of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints... This was according to the eternal purpose that he, God, has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. In this passage here, verses 7 through 12, we see two amazing things about the church. First of all, verse 10, it is the church that carries the wisdom of God. It is the church that carries the heart of God, the, the mind of God. It is the church that carries the gospel Of God. But secondly, the church's mission is, verse 11, hoping your Bible is still open. The church's mission is, verse 11, the eternal purpose of God that God has realized, or your translation might use the word carried out, or your translation might use the word accomplished in Christ Jesus. And then Paul prays for the church listen to the ending of his prayer. In fact, the the ending of, of chapter three is a great prayer for the church, but just pick it up in verse 20. So Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, the last two verses of chapter three. Listen to this prayer. And it'd be a great prayer for Highland as well. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. It says here, to God be the glory, but where is the glory? Verse 21, the glory is in the church and in Christ Jesus. Don't miss this, Highland. God has placed his glory in two things here, his church and his son. So here's how Ari Smith preached this sermon 90 years ago on the 10th anniversary of Highland. He said, and oh, I agree, the local church is God's method in God's kingdom. And let me just go on record of saying, I don't know why God made that decision. If God had pulled me aside and said, hey, Durham, That's my last name, Durham. Do you think it's a good idea for me to leave the plans of the kingdom and the sharing of the treasure of the gospel and the church itself with my people? I would have said, oh God, please don't. We're an odd bunch. We're we're difficult people. We can't decide on what color the carpet's gonna be in the sanctuary. We We don't even understand our taste in in music. And we talk about it all the time. And and we don't want people to sit in my seat on Sunday morning. And you want those people to be in charge of the church, to carry on the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. But God didn't ask my opinion. And in his sovereignty and in his grace and in his foresight, he said, I want people, my people, to carry out the mission of my son. This is why the church is the most important organization on the planet, because God's glory was given to it. His wisdom is carried out through the church. His glory was not given to a fraternity. His glory was not given to a sorority. His glory was not given to the Republican Party. His glory was not given to the Democratic Party. His glory was not given to the Junior League or the Kiwanis or the athletic team or the business club. That I, I offend everybody here already? Don't make your greatest investment of time, passion, and love your fraternity or your sorority. Don't make the Republican Party or the Democratic Party your greatest priority. Don't make your team or your club your highest love. Don't lay your life down for something that may lose in the next election cycle. Don't lay your life down for something that may lose the next game. Don't lay your life down for something you're gonna to belong to for seven semesters and then graduate. Don't lay your life down for a service group or a business club that eventually you'll step out of. Lay down your life down for the church for it lasts forever and it alone carries the gospel of Jesus Christ and if that sounds too Highland centric for you go lay your life down for Harris Creek go lay your life down for Antioch go lay your life down for Columbus Avenue go lay your life down for Grace Waco because 90 years ago and I agree Artie Smith said the local church is God's method in God's kingdom give your greatest investment give your greatest love to the church and then R.E. Smith asked this question what now as a church and he gives us five things number one let us aim for a greater consecration we don't use that word anymore in the, the 2020s but consecration basically is a desire and a dedication to become less and less like the world and more and more like Jesus. My personal opinion is the reason that Christianity in America is so anemic and ineffectual is because Christians in America are looking more and more like the world and less and less like Jesus. And lost America can't tell the difference between believers and non-believers in our nation anymore. So consecration is, Jesus, I, my dedication in my life is to look less and less like the world, to, to take on less and less of the systems of this world and to look more and more like Jesus. This was 90 years ago, the call of Artie Smith to Highlanders and the same call is true today. Let us aim for a greater consecration. May we look more like Jesus and less like this world. Secondly, let us aim for spirit-led worship and this was one of Ari e. Smith's first three tenets of even founding this this church one of the things he said a hundred years ago and he reiterated 90 years ago is that Highland should be a church that has spirit-led worship now spirit-led worship does not just mean exuberant joyful hand living hand lifting singing out loud music but it's not any less than that but it is more than that What is spirit-led worship? Spirit-led worship is worship that points us to Jesus because that's what the spirit does. What is spirit-led worship? It is worship that points us to the true character of God and the true nature of his word because that's what the Holy Spirit does. So spirit-led worship, when we gather as a corporate body, spirit-led worship means that our hearts and our minds are drawn to Christ, drawn to the cross, drawn to the resurrection, drawn to his soon return but also as we worship that our hearts are singing true things about the character of God, true things about the word of God. Let us aim for spirit-led worship. Thirdly, let us pray for one another. I I love that he just stood up in front of Highland 90 years ago and said, let's let's pray for one another. And I could speak for a while about prayer. If you've been here at Highland, you know that I I love talking about prayer, pushing us to, to prayer. You know, I've great things I need to learn in my own prayer life so I thought of all these things I could share with you about prayer and how important it is to pray for one another but then I thought you know what why don't we just pray for one another novel idea from the preacher instead of talking about it what if we do it so take 5.7 seconds and find out the name of the person to your left and the name of the person to your right don't exchange numbers you're not finding out their life story you're just finding out their name so I'll give you a couple seconds to do that the name of the person to your left the name of the person to your right All right. Y'all have got super long names. And so, what one wants to do first is pray for the person on the left. And we're going to do two things. You're going to pray out loud, because I know now you can definitely talk out loud. So we're going to pray out loud for the person to your left. And here's how we're going to pray for one another. Here's the uh, the prayer points. For the person on the left, you're going to pray that God would supply all of their needs the richness of Christ Jesus. Then you're going to pray also for the person on your left, that God would draw them this week into a deeper relationship with them. So on the count of zero, you're going to start praying out loud for the person on the left. You just call out their name as you're praying for them. I'll close that out in a few seconds, then we'll start praying for the person on the right. But on the... The, the mark of zero, three, two, one, zero. Pray for the person on, on, on your left. Just pray out loud, pray for them. alright pray for the person on your right same two prayer requests that God would supply all their needs in Christ Jesus that they had long to know the Lord this week pray out loud for the person on your right Ari e. Smith said 90 years ago let us pray for one another fourthly he said let us set our hearts to this glorious task What was the glorious task? Twofold, knowing Jesus and then sharing his gospel, his good news with our relatives, our work associates, our neighbors, our roommates, our classmates. This glorious task, let us set our hearts on the task of knowing Jesus deeply, richly, personally, intimately, and then set our hearts on the glorious task of sharing the glorious gospel with others. I know I've already stepped on some of your toes here today and I don't apologize for that. You're welcome to email me this afternoon if you want to, but I do want to remind you one more thing that might offend you. There is no more glorious task you will have in your life than knowing Jesus and sharing that glorious gospel with others. No more glorious task than this. Fifthly, he said together, By God's grace, we can build a great, and I, parenthetically, this is Durham language, healthy church. Together by God's grace, we can build a great, I would say healthy church. I added in healthy because I think that's what a great church is. Spiritually healthy. Bearing fruit, much fruit, fruit that will last. Worshiping the Lord together. Coming around God's word so it can be unapologetically and clearly proclaimed. I think that's a healthy church. A healthy church is when we serve the city and we serve the lost and we serve one another. And we serve the world and ultimately in doing that, we serve Jesus Christ our Lord. Our, our goal at Highland is, is to be and should always be spiritual health. Our, our goal here is not to be trendy because trends change every seven years in the American culture. Our goal is not to be hip or vibey. And with a preacher like this, there's no way you can be hip or vibey. Our goal is not to be the biggest church in town. Our goal should be a fruitful church, a church that is spiritually healthy, a church that, yes, is on fire for Christ and his kingdom and his gospel, but a church that is just as fiery in our love for one another and our love for the city. Ari Smith closed with this 90 years ago. I am thankful to God and deeply grateful to all who have served this church. Me too, Pastor Smith. Me too. Would you stand with me, please? We're gonna close by singing a couple of songs and. Maybe you'd want to take this opportunity to come and pray with a staff member that'd like be here at the front. Maybe there's some things you're walking through, going through, struggling through. Maybe you don't want to walk right past the, uh, the prayer leaders here at the front and just come and kneel here. Maybe a simple prayer for you today would be this. Jesus, I want to lay my life down for something that counts. I want to invest my life. I want to invest my time. I want to invest my gifts into something that's eternal. And so as we sing these songs... Maybe these songs themselves will be the prayer, these songs themselves will be our, be the worship, but maybe for some of you, many of you, singing these songs or considering these songs on your knees or praying to the Lord as you bow before him would be the right posture. And again, come and pray with some staff members. We'd love to pray with you, we'd love to hear your story and partner with you in prayer. Let's sing, won't you please come?